0: bodies by the numbers is a horror podcast we sometimes cover mature content and often deliver spoilers viewer discretion is advised
1: These curbs aren't gonna hit themselves. It's me. I'm gonna hit those curves. Hey Grace. Says,
0: yeah. Hi and welcome ah! to Mine Numbers A Horror Podcast, where we keep track of how we die in horror media. I'm your host, Andrew Mack, and this is my co-host,
1: <gasps> Oh Grace Lee. Hi. Oh, uh,
0: today no. we are covering our first foreign film, Train to Busan, done in 2016 by director Yoon Sang Ho. Written by Park Jusuk, I am doing my best to pronounce those names correctly. Our second zombie film, and this is the first one with a huge body tally, so like yeah, like there are going to be some upsets to the morgue today, um hopefully expectedly so, since we are covering a zombie film. that's yeah. always kind of the hope, but now it's like, how the fuck are we gonna? We, we Blair Witched ourselves again. Yeah. And you'll see what we mean when we say the most common way to die at the end. Yeah. Feelings check.
1: Feelings check. Um, Movie very sad, but very good.
0: Yeah, this was one of the ones uh, you specifically requested for um us to cover this year. I had already seen this movie and really enjoyed it the first time. I knew I'd be able to keep up with the uh, plot, so... Unlike normal, I took notes and got to kind of peek into your world of taking notes, which is uh, very disorienting at times. It's a
1: little disorienting. You just gotta like, you just gotta like write as you watch, which I'm getting better at, hopefully.
0: You just said, very sad but good. Uh, Do you not want to explore your feelings this time around?
1: Uh, I mean, okay, so I had just had the movie recommended to me by someone else. I had never seen the movie. I knew it was a zombie film, but that is all that I knew about it. And so the problem is, is that you get attached to people and then they die. And then I feel sad. So, I mean, good on the movie for accomplishing that, right?
0: I mean, zombie movies did it long before George R.R. R. Martin did it, yeah. you know? Like, this genre is no stranger <sighs> to killing its babies. Yep. And making you feel all sorts of ways about characters like... The unfortunate thing about Train to Busan for us is because of the language barrier, characters that should have names, we may have missed them.
1: Oh, I didn't know anyone's name. I just give them nicknames.
0: So. so I have a few of the characters' names, but not everyone's name. So mm-hmm. some of them are going to be unfortunately very vague. I'm lazy when it comes to research and it's nothing more than that. And with all that being said, let's dive into the plot summary.
1: Okay, perfect. So the movie opens and we see, well, a quarantine zone. There are signs out. Um, it says quarantine zone, slow down. Uh, we just see a car kind of like entering the quarantine zone. Um, workers stop it as it comes through. They spray down the car. The guy, like the, the driver kind of just like leans out And it's just like, oh, is this the livestock? Is this, like, a livestock disease again? Are you burying my cow? Or, like, not cows, but are you burying, like, my livestock? I think he maybe works in livestock?
0: Yeah, no, his dialogue makes me think, like, that he says specifically hogs.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So I think he is definitely a farmer because all of his dialogue centralizes around animals and their livelihood.
1: Yeah, so he's kind of pissed. Something has kind of clearly already happened before where there was like a spread of some disease. He's kind of just pissed, but we learn that it was actually a biotech leak. Pretty much. Yeah. Or they say, they mention uh, it was, uh, there there was a leak in the biotech district and that it was a small, insignificant leak from the biotech district and just everything will be fine. And after they kind of just like consoled the man, the dude drives off and he says, tiny leak, my hairy ass. They are so full of shit.
0: I mean... He's he, not wrong. He is my type of guy, like and he's not salt not. of the earth, oh, and that. he is not paying attention to the road whatsoever, and he hits a deer.
1: Well, he's actually well, he is driving, and then his phone starts to ring, which actually I believe if he lives in the area, maybe one of his like family members is like hey, have you heard about the riots? Or like, oh, something's going down because his phone starts ringing. And he, you know, don't text and drive kids or also don't call and drive because he starts to like reach over to grab his phone and then he hits a deer. He gets out of his car, looks at the deer that's like blood everywhere, clearly dead. And he's like, such a shit day. And then he gets back in his car and drives off.
0: Like, this man, I, I relate to him so much. We all relate to this and, man. And, like, that's all we get of this guy, unfortunately. I he, wish he was more of a main character. Uh,
1: he, he probably sadly dies. But the thing is, is that as he drives off, the carcass of the deer starts to twitch.
0: Like a deadite would.
1: Yeah, no, it starts to twitch. Its legs start, like, sporadically moving. And then the deer gets up and kind of, I guess, just goes on its way. And then after that, we have a clear cut to a office building of sorts. Like you, the camera comes in and there's just like, oh God, like there is just like an ocean of like cubicles and papers and people just walking around carrying shit. And it goes through the kind of mess of cubicles to answer a, a kind of section of office. I think there's like a glass like wall and door, but it goes in and through and comes into like a... Just the entire desk is covered in papers. Like papers are like tacked up to the wall and there's a guy sitting there. He has the customer service voice on and he is talking to someone on the phone. They're apparently like complaining to him. He's mentions like, Oh yeah, sorry, that was a false report. Oh, I'm just a novice, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing. As this person starts to go on and on.
0: Deflecting the blame expertly.
1: Yeah, he has clearly done this before, like, oh I I just started working here. I've used
0: that excuse at work.
1: Oh my god, all the fucking time.
0: Especially if it's like someone I don't know and like they're suddenly being hostile. It's like, sorry, I'm new here, and it changes the conversation and it's, I I think it's a ridiculous thing in customer service. We have to lie to like be treated like people. But this guy's not people. He's management.
1: Yeah. He kind of just deflects the call. And as he turn, like, you know, hangs up and his face kind of just goes like pissed because he had a smile on, like a fake smile on. And then once he hangs up, he kind of just like goes like, oh, fuck, glad that's over with. He turns towards his computer on the screen. It's talking about fish deaths at a reservoir. And then one of his workers like enters like his office and is like, hey, what do we do? Like something has gone wrong. And the guy just answers back, sell all of our market shares. Like, sell all of them. And his, like, worker replies with, but what about, like, the other businesses that we're in contact with? Like, what about the other employees?
0: I think he says something along the line of, what are we, lemmings?
1: After, like, the guy is, like, oh, like, well, fuck, well, like, what about the other people, like, you know, who rely on our business? The guy, like, he replies, like, do you work? Like, he says, like, what? Do you think you work for lemmings? Or what do you work for lemmings? Which is referencing an actually false study done where they thought that lemmings committed suicide. They don't. Lemmings actually don't commit suicide. But that's what he's, like, referencing. Like, oh, do you think the businesses is like the, like, the the people you work for are just, like, suicidal? No. Sell everything. We just, like, kind of, like, want to burn and leave right anyway after that he kind of like uh, he gets onto a phone call with his wife who is asking him about his daughter that he apparently has and shares with his i think still current wife but they're like kind of processing a divorce
0: well i also wonder in korea what the status of divorce is because in america it's much more casual to get a divorce so there might be a cultural thing that makes it more difficult.
1: Well, I know in America, there's a couple ways you can go about divorce. Some are harder when you've been married longer. Because I think if you've only been married for a certain short amount of time, you can get an annulment, which just ends the marriage. There's also, I think it's called a no-fault divorce, which is only applicable in certain states, though. Which applicable, It is pretty much like you can divorce a person faster. But then in some other states, you have to go through a longer-term divorce. But... What I do know about um, South Korea, though, is that, for a little bit of, like, info that I at least have, I know that South Korea is going through a kind of, like, strike in where, I can't remember what the phrase is, but women in Korea are going through uh, a kind of process where they are not dating any men, they're not marrying any men, and they're not having kids with men. And it's because of how toxic the patriarchy is there, is that we're women are kind of so treated as, like, objects where they're kind of expected to do everything. Like, a a man could theoretically just stay at the home, the mom works, cleans, take care of the kids, and won't get any credit for it. So I know that there is currently kind of, like, a strike going on in Korea where women aren't dating any dudes. They're just like, screw off, men suck. And there are some repercussions to this, apparently. (laughs) But anyway, so we do understand that, like, kind of the culture surrounding it can be very toxic. But I bet it's where, like, both parties have to agree to the divorcement, which means if he's saying, no, I don't want to divorce, that means she can't divorce him. But she does live separately from him. She lives in Busan, which I assume is, like, a smaller city. No,
0: Busan's, like, a a big city in Korea. It's kind of like seattle is to us it's a big city but i don't think busan's quite the capital
1: yeah but anyway the city they're located in now is huge and she lives in a different one and apparently um the daughter has called the mom and has told the mom that she wants to be with her mother for her birthday and her birthday is tomorrow and um so she wants to like take a train and she wants to go to busan to visit her mother and spend her birthday with her mother After that phone call, the husband or dad arrives at his house where his mother's there taking care of his kid. She like opens the door for him and like they start chatting a little bit. I think the mother says like, oh yeah, your child, your daughter is like in her room. So he goes to the room where he sees his daughter, his young daughter, hiding under the covers in a phone call with her mom, telling her that she can go to Busan by herself. All her dad has to do is um, drop her at the train station, and she can make it to Busan by herself.
0: She literally says, I can ride the train myself. Yeah. And, like, Sokwu, which is the dad, also asks that same intern, like, what are kids into? Yeah. So this guy's not even, like, close to his kid no. from my read. like. This is as distant as a parent could be from a child.
1: Yeah. The daughter hears the dad, like, you know, entering her room. So she hangs up with her mom and like, you know, kind of like just moves the covers off of herself. He, you know, enters like the room and it's just kind of, he clearly like wants to try and connect to his kid, but he is again, so distant. He doesn't understand her at all. And so she asks him kind of just straight up like, oh, like, I wanna to go to Busan. I wanna spend like the birthday with my mom. And he's like, oh, I have so much work. How about I'll have more free time next week. Why don't we go to Busan to visit your mother next week? This week, I have so much work, honey, I can't do it. And then he hands her a gift and he's like, oh, here's like a gift for your birthday tomorrow. Oh, you didn't think I'd forget, do you? And she just looks at him like, yeah, I did think you'd forget. But anyway, he hands her a box are like, a present, she opens it, and it's, like, a Wii, and I'm, like, oh, hey, that's usually a pretty generic good gift for a kid, but she looks over at, like, the little TV she has in her room, and there are already two wees, and she looks at her dad, and he's, like, oh, fuck, and she's, like, you already gave me this for, um, I think it's, like, National Children's Day, where you, like, national holiday where you get like a gift to children and she's like yeah you already got me one remember and he's like just staring at these like three wees that he's now gifted to his child and it's like oh shit and then he's like okay well what do you want for your birthday tomorrow I genuinely
0: it's one thing to like not know how to connect with your child it's another thing entirely to not pay attention to what gifts you give your child.
1: Yeah, to forget that he's already given her two wees. Like, at least made a note of it somewhere. Told his secretary to be like, I can't give her another wee." remember this. But anyway, like, when he asked, like, what do you generally want for your birthday? All she replies with, I want to see my mom tomorrow. And then he's like, well, we could do that next week. And she's like, no, you always to- tell me, we'll go next week, we'll go the week after, and you always lie to me. And so he eventually is like, okay, fuck, I guess I'll take her. He walks back into his bedroom where he's kind of just like taking off his suit and his mother enters the room and his mom is like, hey, like, are you going to like Busan? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, that's good. You should also talk to your wife while you're there a marriage like is important and shouldn't be so like easily dissolved also this is like a really important time period for your daughter you really need to be there and then she leaves him a film like a camera like a video recorder and she's just like you missed your daughter's recital and she really wanted you there and then when the mom gets up to leave the dad sits back down on the bed and he kind of grabs like the video recorder and he watches her recital where he sees that she cuts off halfway through her, like, little singing part. Anyway, we cut to, like, the next, like, early morning. Like, it's early morning enough that it's, like, still dark. And he's driving and he's, like, again, like, talking to his daughter. Kind of, like, trying to bond. And he is just, like, talking to her about, like, the recital and stuff like that. And, like, how, like, he noticed that she didn't finish. And she's just kind of, like, you know, walling him. Like, she doesn't want to talk about it.
0: He also, like, kind of... Tries to preach what he yeah. can't do and says, you should be able to finish whatever you start. To and it's like, you're
1: you a fucking kid and you're not able to keep up with that. But anyway, as this is going on, he has to break suddenly because emergency vehicles are rushing through the cross section he almost drove
0: through. So I was telling Grace when mm-hmm. we were watching this that this is a common zombie movie trope. If the zombies haven't arrived yet and you see the emergency emergency systems going through like the police, paramedics, firefighters. The outbreak has officially begun. Yeah. So of course, Sokwu and Suan have no clue of what's going on. But at the same time, like, just for those of us who pay attention, we now know shit has hit the fan.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, and there's like a Fucking boatload of various different kind of emergency vehicles. There were like police officers, ambulances, firefighters. And as he's watching all these like emergency vehicles go through, the daughter put like looks outside and sees what at first appears to be snow. And then when she take puts her hand out, it turns out it's ash and like the dad is like what are they doing so early and then you see him see something he turns his head and you see a building on fire in the distance we then cut to kind of like random people boarding the train we see like a baseball team from like high school boarding the train where we're kind of like focused on like a young couple where she's like hey like i'm your guy's cheerleader they let me come on board and she walks through and she sits down next to this one guy and she like puts in one of his headphones and she's like there's not even there's not even anything playing
0: i do the same thing sometimes like especially if i'm on break i'll just put in my headphones so i pray that no one talks to me yeah and i got their names right here so i think the male the baseball player as i may refer to him later is young gook And the cheerleader is uh, Jin Jin Hee, I believe.
1: Well, Um, um, we
0: never hear their names really out loud. But I'm looking at the letterbox and that's what they're credited as.
1: Yeah, she starts like kind of just like, I'm not sure if it's making fun of herself or the situation where she's just like, so when I ask you out, you're just going to say thank you, right? Like, anyway, and then like all the guys like around him just go, accept her, her. accept her, which is like, you know, like kind of fun. And He just kind of like just pulls his hat over his face and kind of just dies a little on the inside.
0: I feel a little bad for the dude because it feels like he's being bullied into dating her at this point. Yeah,
1: just just a little bit. We also get cut to the dad, who we already know, and his, like, you know, young daughter. As they are kind of boarding the train, like, you know, they get seated in their seats. He gets a call from work, and it's one of his employees talking about the Asan Industrial Park is having a protest slash riot?
0: Uh, He doesn't use the word riot yet. That's a call later where it's turned into a riot. Right now, he's just saying, like, it's a protest and it's getting a little hairy. Yeah. Something along those lines.
1: And as as this call is going through, we pan through the train where we, someone who is injured and clearly bitten, stagger onto the train. After that, though, we see, like, the worker outside, seeing no one else. He locks the doors, and they are off they're on their way
0: they're off to the races
1: yeah but we do see is that like when we pan back to the little girl she looks outside and she sees like commotion very vague but kind of like a little bit of commotion and then we see from outside the train that there's a gathering of people going oh what fuck what's that what's that and then just zombies uh, the kid kind of starts to see like the panic grow and she just like looks back at her dad who's like Knocked out, passed out of sleep.
0: Anne even sees the first kill of the movie.
1: Oh, yeah. Because a
0: zombie tackles the guy who waved off the train. Yeah. And yeah, it happens a little off screen, but it's on screen enough for me to be like, that guy's dead, he's a zombie.
1: Yeah. So she sees this, but like, there's no reaction from anyone around her or her dad, so she just kind of stays quiet. We then cut to the injured woman who has staggered into, like, one of those, um, like, small bathrooms. And she is just saying, I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. Over and over as she's kind of just.
0: and
1: kidding her, like, leg. Which kind of clearly shows that she kind of understands that she's sick. She's infected. And she's going to now hurt other people.
0: I think it's that selfish thing of, like. I just don't want to be eaten,
1: yeah. you know?
0: And in this situation, I can understand that desire to not be eaten.
1: Yeah. But when we then pan out of, like, the bathroom to the train, someone walks up and is reporting to one of the, like, workers that there's, like, a, like this strange rattling noise coming from the bathroom. Can you please look into it? So the worker walks over and opens one of the bathroom stalls and sees a homeless man who is muttering to himself, all dead everyone everyone's dead they're all dead and they're kind of just like looking at each other like oh what the fuck also at this point in time the young girl the young daughter gets out of her seat because uh, her dad's still fucking passed out on asleep, sleep and starts walking towards the bathroom she wants to go to the bathroom and so she kind of like interrupts this scene where they're just we're both like the kind of complainer and the worker are like kind of just like looking at the homeless man like hey you're not supposed to be here we're just gonna drop you off at like the next stop and while she peers in and looks the complainer who will now i will now call evil man looks at her and is like yeah this is why you gotta study don't and want to end up like that person and then she just like looks at the homeless man and she's like people who say that are usually my mom said that those are bad people and he's like haha that means she didn't go to school and it's just like Ugh.
0: I feel like he just proved her right right there.
1: Exactly. She kind of just like continues on because if like, you know, she can't use these bathrooms. And as this is going on, we see the now fully zombified injured woman stagger out of the bathroom and start to kind of just stagger through the area. We then cut to, again, the small child who goes to another set of bathrooms, except there's just, like, a dude who's outside the bathroom, and he sees, like, the little girl, and he's like, oh, uh, there's, there's two people trying to go to the bathroom in there right now. This this might take a while. And, like, she just leaves. Like, she takes a few more steps, and we hear from the other side, like, a banging on the door, and <laughs> it's clear from, like, the perspective is it like, it's a pregnant lady who's in there, and he in her like I'm assuming like the father and the dad is just like hovering right outside like she's gone now are you doing all right in there and the like the wife inside is just like fucking leave me alone stop hovering
0: I imagine this is exactly what uh, my father-in-law would be like
1: yeah just like are you doing okay and the one's like I'm just going to the bathroom please leave me alone let
0: me pee in peace
1: <laughs> exactly Um, and at that point in time like she now goes like a little bit further down and then walks into the bathroom We then cut back to the father who is woken up by a phone call, not his daughter like walking over his like body, but like a phone call from work. And when he answers it, it's the same worker who's like, it's not a simple protest or strike like something is happening like it's a full-blown riot now and then we see over like the news about an airborne disease that like is causing seizures or something like that there's just kind of like news coverage about all these like crazy riots and stuff one like a couple of like older ladies like um who are sisters remarks ah back in my day they would have been like what are they rioting for nowadays back in my day they would have been punished and re educated.
0: Yes. Very specifically re educated. And I'm assuming this is referring back to like before North and South Korea split. I have no idea. Because, you know, American troops interfered and yeah. quote unquote liberated South Korea to become a democracy yeah. from the uh Korean North Korean dictatorship. So it's um my history's not that great. In the uh, Asian continent.
1: Mine is more ancient history. I know nothing of recent politics.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I'm very foggy on this. However, I do believe she's talking about the communistic totalitarian type of leadership that they used to be under and the re-education. Because that's still happening in North Korea, to my knowledge.
1: I have no idea about any of it. But anyway, we cut back to a worker who's just like, she's one of the people who works on the train, she's wandering through, and she sees an injured woman, like, collapse onto the ground and start thrashing. She runs over like, oh my god, are you okay? Do I need to call someone? But it's the zombie, and the zombie immediately just like like starts to like stagger upright, and it attacks her. We then cut through again, just the little girl washing her hands now, doing the good thing, and then we cut to the worker, like the train worker. She is staggering into a like the baseball cab. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the baseball, like, carriage or, like, compartment with the zombie attached to her like a leech, like, grabbing onto her back, like, ripping into her throat. The um carriage, yeah, which is full of baseball, like, players is, like, starting to freak out. But, you know, obviously after both of them collapse, they are both now zombies, and they it starts a free-for-all where the zombies, are, like, where the baseball players and other, like, Passengers are now becoming zombies, like, as another worker, who had been called originally by the first worker to, like, help with the injured woman situation, runs in, sees this shit happening, and is, start- and is starting to usher everyone who is not clearly zombified um to the front. Or actually, I think it's technically to the back. But anyway, so he is, like, ushering them, like, fuck, let's
0: go, let's go, let's go. Ushered away from the chaos. Yeah,
1: ushered away from the ch- chaos. At this point in time, we then cut back to the dad who has finally like after his phone call been like oh shit where's my kid and he you know gets up and starts looking for her at this point in time there are now people running like down the carriages like fleeing like the um, the like the chaos
0: and they're um, even saying like run get away yeah don't go that way Yeah. All the things you need to know to run with the crowd, not against it.
1: Yeah. And anyway, as he's going forward, though, because he's still looking for his child, he comes through and he notices the worker that was originally like ushering people like down get attacked by a zombie and then start to become a zombie so he runs into the carriage grabs the starter starts running back and at that point in time he has passed the um pregnant woman and her partner who is now both just like kind of standing outside the bathroom they also both see this and they are now all of them just fucking like running also, at this point in time, though, the man with the kid reaches, like, one of the safe compartments first and shuts the door. As the pregnant woman and her partner start to come up, he sees that she's pregnant, and I think he opens the door again. But he did—he wasn't first holding it shut, very willing to let these last two people die. And he was like, oh, shit, I probably shouldn't kill a pregnant
0: woman. Well, I feel like uh, Sok Wu is very much like the— uh as you call him the evil man, in my notes, he's the rich man. So he's the evil rich man. But I feel like they're very much the same character at the beginning of this story. But Sokwoo has family. Yeah. And that grounds him back to humanity, where as this movie continues, you'll see why I'm making this comparison. Because he holds the door shut on a man and his pregnant wife and only relents after like... Realizing what he's doing.
1: Yeah, because he sees it like she's pregnant and he's like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't, like, do this. So he again opens the door again and then shuts it on the zombies. The guy is, like, the the husband is, like, a little pissed. Like, fuck, were you just gonna, like, leave us there? Like, what kind of fucker are you? But his wife is like, look, now is not the time to argue what the fuck is, like, happening. What is going on? And also at this point in time, again, the zombies are rushing the door, so... The, um, husband is holding, like, he's like, oh fuck, so he holds the door shut, and he's trying to, like, lock it, and he's like, fuck, how does this lock? So he turns towards the dad, and is like, how does this lock work? And the dad is like, I don't, I don't think they know how it works. And so the husband, like, lets go of the door, and they all just watch as these undead just paw at the door, but they just put pressure on it. They have no idea how to open it. And then that's, I think when someone else remarks that they attacked when they saw us. And so what they do is they take newspaper and they kind of like tape over the door with the newspaper and then they hear like the banging on the other side of the door slowly and gradually stop.
0: Yeah. Um, And shout out to uh, Sung Kyung, the pregnant woman for like being the one be like, she threw like bottled water, put a newspaper up there. So, like, as soon as she heard that, she's like, I know what to do.
1: Like, I, I got fucking plan. We then um, hear over the intercon system from the... What is this? What is it? Conductor?
0: Yeah, train the conductor? conductor. Yeah,
1: we hear from the train conductor that the train won't be stopping and to please stay seated and, like, wait for new info. That is also when the dad gets a phone call from his mom. And she's like, are you on your way to Busan? Are you okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, mom... Both me and my daughter are safely in the train. Why do you sound like that? Why do you sound so like rough? And the mom is, who is clearly kind of just like dying on the other end of the phone call is like, take care of your daughter. Like, I love you. Like she calls like her son, like her baby that like her, his daughter needs him and to protect her. And also by the end, I think she says, oh God, that bitch. And I think she's like, talking about whoever like bitter like it was probably one of her old friends bitter and she's like fat bitch and then she dies
0: to me um the infection in this seems to base itself off of emotion for some of the turning instances yeah, and I think the mom might have been angry, and so that bitch slips up as her last words. Because mm. um, kind of a spoiler, or I won't say what characters, but when one guy turns infected, he is protecting as his final moments. Actually, and even several
1: people like do that after they're bitten infected. So I think whatever you're kind of like last emotions are as your body is infected kind of just like carry through. If you're having an incredibly like emotional moment, it might kind of stave off the effect, like the infection for a little bit.
0: The finality Exactly.
1: But anyway, after the call abruptly ends and the guy's just like, oh shit, my mom's dead. Like his daughter turns to him and is like, is granny okay? And I'm just like, "No, no, granny is not okay. But also at this point in time, we notice the train is slowing down. The brakes are starting to, um, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, the train does start to slow down as it enters a station, not the one that they're going to stop at. But as, like, the train slows down as it goes to the station, we see hordes of zombies banging on the window.
0: Those were people
1: oh, oh yeah, they were still like, well, they were zombies by the end of it. But yeah, there were people banging on the windows, pleading at the train to stop as zombies pour out and, well, bite and eat them. And the train continues on. Like, don't mind that. We're just gonna keep going. And also at this point in time, the news is still on. All of these train cars have like TVs, like kind of in the corners where it's like, like, just reporting news. Um, at this point in time, the government is reporting that riots have overtaken some of the cities, that the government is now in a state of emergency. But do not worry. Do not let these baseless rumors frighten you. Stay in your houses or at home. Don't worry. The government will protect you. Your safety is not in jeopardy.
0: Also, they make a point to, like, ignore certain, like, hot words that are currently going around the media. One of those hot words being zombie.
1: Which we see from someone's phone as they're like Googling what the fuck is going on. Or I think like some version of Twitter or something like that. But at that point in time, it's decided that the group is kind of just kind of like going to move toward I think the front of the train, or pretty much the they're going to move towards like, Put a few, like, carriages between them and, like, the zombies.
0: Not a bad idea.
1: No, not a bad idea. And as this is going on, the dad uh, is continuing to call his, like, well, divorced wife or still married wife. And the mom's phone is off. So he keeps trying to call her and, like, nothing's going on. And they've kind of reached, like, one of these, um, like, middle parts between, like, the carriages where, um, they kind of are just taking a little break. The daughter offers her seat to an elderly lady, which is just so nice. She gets some, like, hard candy in exchange, which is cute. But then the dad takes the kid aside and is like, look, only watch out for yourself, all right? And she's just, like, looking at them like, God, you're a a piece of shit.
0: Also, my favorite thing is, like, you know, as soon as the daughter goes away, it's the two older sisters that have the statement about re-education. And the the bitchier one of the two is like, we got both the seats.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that woman.
1: Yeah. As this is going on, they have another message over the intercom where the conductor is like, I've gotten contact with like missing control. There is a military deployed at, I think it's called De- Dejean. Yeah, Dejean, uh station, which is going to make this our last stop. And as this is going on, the dad is with his daughter and they run into the husband and his pregnant wife again. And they start like kind of chatting a little bit. The dad informs like the daughter that like the pregnant lady, the child uh, that she's carrying, they've nicknamed Sleepy. And the wife is like, yeah, so far her nickname is Sleep because the dad's too lazy to give her an actual name. And I'm like, oh, burn. Uh, we also at that point in time have a little kind of like back and forth with the dad and like the husband. Where the husband's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, like it was kind of shitty of you to like still like to close the door on us. And he's like, what do you do for a living? And he's like, oh, I'm a...
0: The dad is involved in this part of the conversation.
1: No, there is. No, he... Well, like, when they first come in, I think it might be before, like, oh, like, oh, it's, like, the...
0: Because... Like,
1: the nickname. But, like, they still do have a conversation, and that's where we find out. Because what happens is that... I think it's, like, at first, the dad is, like, walking through, and, like, the pregnant lady and, like, the dad... Like, the husband are there, and they have a little bit of back and forth, and that's where we find out that the dad is, like, um, the head of, like, fun management... And the girl's like, Oh, okay. And like the dad walks away, I think, to call someone and like to leave like his daughter in the care of these two people. And the husband is like, ah, of course he's a fund manager. He's a bloodsucker. I definitely <laughs> saw it. And the wife was like, Fuck off, like the kid's right there. And the kid just stares at them and is like, No just saying what everyone's thinking like yeah i know my dad's a piece of shit and then i think that's where they have the conversation about like the the unborn kid not having a name blah 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 blah. but anyway at this point in time the dad i think moves into kind of like uh like the he walks back into like the empty like train that they just all left which has kind of like the zombies on one side and he calls one of his workers and like you noticed that in his contacts his workers are called lemmings like that's like they have like They have, like, nicknames and all their name, like, nickname is, like, the common one is, like, lemmings. But anyway, he calls one of his workers and asks about Dejon Station and, like, what's going on. And the worker replies is that the entire station is in quarantine. He has a few guys there, so if they go to the East Square and not the Main Square, he'll have a few of his guys waiting to, like, escort them, like, safely, like, without going through quarantine. And, like, you know, the dad, like, joins back with the daughter and the couple and stuff like that. And then the train makes its, what's supposed to be, its final stop. It does stop in a completely empty station, though. There's no one there. At that point in time, though, the rich evil man is, like, what are we doing? Why are we, like, stopping? And, like, one of the workers is, like, oh, this is our final stop. And he's, like, no, Busan is still open. This station, because he also had a few, like, you know, up, you know, like, contacts, is, like, no, like, Dejon station is closed in qu- and in quarantine. Like, Busan is still open though, we need to go to Busan. Uh, and like, they're like, we're already stopped. We gotta get off here, we gotta check. So everyone starts to like depart, but the rich evil man is like, no, this like city is like in quarantine. All the buses have been rerouted. But again, train has stopped, we kind of just gotta leave. So everyone starts to get off and like funnel like through the station, blah, blah, blah and at this point in time the uh father and his daughter like kind of like separate themselves the dad's like oh no we go this way and he's like literally walking over yellow tape like he's moving pieces of kind of just this like uh sectioned area that's supposed to like funnel you he moves this, like it to like get through and the daughter's like what are we doing and he's like oh we can't go that way like we want to get through without going through quarantine and, the mo- and like the daughter's like Well, why aren't we telling everyone else? Well, he's like, well... Forget them. Yeah, forget them. Um, And
0: the daughter says something that struck a chord with me is she tells her father, you only care about yourself and that's why mommy left.
1: Yeah. Also, the homeless man had actually overheard their conversation. And so he starts like following them like, hey, like I'm coming with you guys. I heard your phone call. I know you have contacts that'll pick us up as they're having this conversation though two things kind of happen simultaneously the dad the daughter and the homeless man see at the end of their corridor a man stagger around a corner the homeless man approaches this man and again simultaneously we see for the majority large portion of the group as they're walking by that as they kind of like go down this escalator at like the end of that escalator tunnel, there is a horde of zombies. The zombies obviously attack the group. The group starts to flee. And then again, simultaneously, we cut back to the daughter, the kid, and... The homeless man. The homeless man. Also, I think I called the dad a kid. He's not a kid. But anyway, but the dad, the kid, and the homeless man, who the man who's staggering towards them is an injured man, and the zombie is right behind him. So...
0: One thing about all the zombies here is they're all soldiers.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, they're all soldiers. it's like,
0: that just tells us the story of Dijon Station was completely overran before they even got there, while the station before this was actively being overran.
1: Yeah. Also, at this point in time, is while, like, when they kind of reached the, like, this, like, empty space, the dad had put a call through to his worker, who had been, like, his contact, and... the the his worker replies with, I can't contact my man. I don't have any contacts. I'm not sure what's going on there. Run. You should leave. And of course, the zombies come. And pretty much at that point in time, a little bit of chaos happens. And the homeless man is, starts to run because we see the zombies come out of that tunnel. Also, again, we can switch back and forth between... Um, this small group and the large majority of the group, which is being attacked by zombies. The pregnant man and his wife run up. They start fleeing. They go through the doors. At this point in time, like, the dad and his kid are running towards the doors. The dad is kind of knocked down. The kid makes it through the door. Because and...
0: sanghua the partner to the pregnant lady, saves the kid. Oh,
1: yeah, saves the kid. Because and she... the
0: dad gets totally tackled by a separate zombie putting a literal book in its mouth so he doesn't get bitten, and the homeless man puts a jacket over that zombie's head, which renders that zombie useless so the dad can start to escape.
1: Yeah, I was getting to that. But anyway, so... <laughs> Sorry. We're okay. But anyway, it's again, it's like a very chaotic situation. But yeah, the dad is tackled. The homeless man puts up a jacket over his face. They're running. Also, at this point in time, the husband, like once he's rescued the child, he gives the child to his wife and he tells them to continue running. So the pregnant lady and the child are running while a few of the baseball players and, like, the husband are trying to, like, close the door. Um, Eventually, when the dad manages to get up and break away from the zombies, he runs and he is let through the door. And then he stays there to try and hold the door shut as they're trying to Lock it, and again simultaneously, we reach the rest of the group that has fled and managed to flee as they run back towards the train. They, am I wrong?
0: No, no, no. I'm shaking my head at the idiots that opened the cart. Oh yeah, no, because
1: I literally wrote down they opened the wrong door. The majority of the group, when they or the first of the group, they managed to reach the train. They opened the wrong door, letting out the zombies as like the others are rushing. Like so, some get tackled by zombies the rest of the group runs towards a different like area of the train and then we they get separated because zombies come in between them because zombies literally push through one of the like glass walls that um arches over the entire like kind of like like row of uh, train tracks Uh, like they break through the glass they fall onto the train and they separate the group that managed to survive into two groups. So now we have three groups. One that enters the train and evil man says to close the doors. So they close the doors. And then the smaller group that consists of the homeless man, the One of the old
0: ladies. One of
1: the old ladies, the pregnant lady and the child who managed to run through. And because it's like, they let all the zombies out of this one car, they run into that door of the train. And then we also cut back to the other group of like all dudes who have managed to finally lock the door but it's kind of worthless now because they start to break down the glass. So they start running and pretty much The rest of the baseball crew get murked, except for one who manages to survive. And then also the husband and the dad start to make it. They are running towards a train. The baseball player is the first one to get on the train. The second one is the dad. And he has clearly kind of like had a moment in his character arc because he holds out a hand for the husband who manages to like show up a like show off like a moment of badassery where he fucking like grabs like one of the police shields and knocks a few zombies over and then grabs onto the hand and they all make it safely into the car so okay so now we have i just want to be clear cut for the listeners that we have is we now have three groups of non-zombified people on a zombified train we have the ones that are kind of
0: the upper class,
1: like yeah, like the upper class who have um, managed to make it on un- safely onto the group, which is the largest group. Um, has like the evil man the last remaining, like, train worker, and... One... The
0: old lady sisters old... in that group.
1: Yeah, and then the rest of, like, the no-names. We then have the middle group, which is... Because I remember that they're going from...
0: One end all the yeah, way... Yeah, all the
1: way to the other. So we have the one that's in the middle that consists of...
0: The most vulnerable people.
1: Yeah, the pregnant lady, the homeless guy, the child, and the old lady. They have also uh, managed to kind of, like, walk into an area where they have zombies on both sides of them, and so they have to hide in a bathroom stall that they barely close it. I don't even think they close it in time. There are fingers, like, in the edges that they are holding shut. And then at the end of the train, we have the baseball player, the dad, and the husband. So I just want to make that clear where everyone is, like, located. Also at that point in time, the conductor calls the control center and is like, that station didn't work where are we gonna go where are we headed and the control central is like it's difficult to advise train 101 we've been cut off all contact but we'll clear your way to busan and at that point in time an announcement is also made over like you know the intercom where the train is heading to busan no stops we then are cut to group three i guess they'll call and they are all kind of just like tired passed out but also two of them are like they're well kind of all three of them are frantic because they've all left very important people and they don't know where they are or if they're still alive or if anything's going on we get the husband gets a call from his wife Or I can't remember if he calls her or like they call him, and it's the child that is on the other like is on the like kind of line who is saying we're trapped in a bathroom and we are are in car thirteen I think they say they're in car thirteen and they're trapped in bathroom and they need help get over there as fast as they can. At the meantime, the baseball player has gotten a call from his maybe girlfriend that there is a group of people who have gathered in car fifteen and it's completely safe. They are currently at car 9. So they are trying to get to car 15 and hopefully pick up their loved ones in car 13.
0: So six cars. That's not that much to do.
1: Yeah, But some
0: of them are packed full of zombies.
1: And they are four cars away from car 15. Or no, four cars away from car 13, which houses apparently a horde of zombies surrounding their bathroom. And they pretty much, like prep to go forth they put like duct tape around their like forearm so that the zombies can't bite them they grab a couple baseball bats
0: sang like commands the battle positions i feel like this guy plays D.
1: oh he know? has to just a little bit
0: like he's like i'll take the front baseball player you're behind me sock woo, since you're used to cutting off what's useless you're in the back
1: <laughs> uh and he's just like also the guy at the front i can't remember what his name is he's just manning fists like the baseball player has a bat the guy out before him has like like a metal like pole and like the police shield i or think a he's ju- got a
0: baton and a
1: shield oh baton and a shield but the guy at front fucking just has his
0: fists which is cool as shit the dude like okay train to busan has some moments that feel very anime in it if that makes sense where, like, during the part that's about to yeah. come up, you were taking a note, but sang the guy in the front, grabbed a zombie and slammed <laughs> it against the ceiling. Yeah,
1: fucking, like, the guy's just throwing zombies, but, like, pretty much they go... They just go and beat zombie ass. I think one good dude is just like, let's go. And so they enter the car. Um, They just start fucking beating zombies left and right. They um make it through that car. They close the door behind them. But sadly, the car in front of them is baseball car where all of the baseball player's friends are standing around undead and zombies. He has a little bit of a freak out and he's pretty useless. So as he's kind of just standing there watching his two bodies get waylaid by zombies and they're holding them off, but they can't move forward.
0: They're going to die if he keeps his inaction.
1: But as this is happening, they go through a tunnel and all of the zombies freeze. They stop moving. And at that point in time, like, group three finds out that zombies, or at least these zombies, mainly react to sight and sound. And it it looks like sight more than sound. And so, like, when it gets dark and they can't see because they have poor vision, they kind of just loiter. Anyway, so they kind of, like, make a break for it and take a slight breather (laughs) in between cars. And the... When they peer into the like next car over, um, they notice a lot of zombies and the dad kind of is like, oh, hey, dude, give me your phone. So he takes the husband's phone and he gives him his number. And so, oh, so sorry. No, anyway, but so when they go through a tunnel, they enter, they start to wander through and then they toss the phone into the other room. So the zombies rush after the phone and they make a break for it and they, reach it. They do, uh, safely reach the vacuum where everyone's hiding. Yay. Uh, but then they also have to hide in the bathroom because
0: the tunnel's done. Yeah.
1: The tunnel is over. So they hide and the dad is looking at his phone and he finds out that the upcoming tunnel gives them two minutes. And then he starts like, you know, measuring like how much like time they have in between tunnels and blah, blah, blah. And while he's doing math, the, like, husband is, like, starts, like, kind of shit-talking him a little bit. <laughs> like, you need to be a better dad. You you, you kind of suck at being a dad. Your kid needs you. Also, like, I get it. It's, like, hard being father, but you kind of just gotta, like, step up, you know?
0: He says, like, one of the most, like, kind-hearted lines in the movie about, like, quote-unquote, dads get all the shit. I think this is specifically in this culture. Yeah. But, like... It was, like, the first real heart-to-heart. As much as, you know, sang has given Sok-Woo trouble, he also, like, sees him as what he is, a dad right now. Because yeah, but... all Sok-Woo's been trying to do is protect his daughter.
1: They have, like, a heart-to-heart. Also, the baseball player calls his maybe girlfriend, who's in with Group 1 in the car nine, right? He calls her and she's like, oh, fantastic. And she tells the rest of the people in the group that her friend is coming with some of the people that her friend has rescued. The group, though, reacts very poorly. And at the front of this is the rich, evil man who is like, well, we don't know if they're infected or not. They're probably infected. Like, we need to lock him down and close the doors. Like, and he really just kind of fans the flame of paranoia. And the rest of the group starts, like, nodding along. And she comes to the realization that they're not going to let the other group in. But-
0: yeah, and, like... This is totally mob mentality, but again, to aid the other survivors in this situation, they are acting on the evil of someone else because they are scared. Yeah. So for the, like, faceless many in this, aside from the zombies themselves, they're just victim of circumstance here.
1: Yeah, they are a terrified group of people. And when one of the group has stepped up and taken leadership, there's kind of like, I feel like, the responsibility of having to do that callous, cruel action is kind of passed on to the leader, right? They don't have to feel guilty because they are just following someone's orders. And if the person they're following feels no guilt, then, well, fuck, right? But There's
0: been studies that have shown, like, If you give a human orders, they will do extremely cruel things through the guise of just doing orders. And, you know, you can look at any dictatorship and horrible war crime. Those people were more often than not just following orders.
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make them good people or completely guiltless, but they love you. But anyway, we cut back to the second group, which is now all grouped together again. And they devise a plan where they await for the next tunnel. They crawl up into like
0: the bag holding area on the train
1: where like your luggage or baggage you put above your like head. They get in that they crawl along it. The dad grabs a bag and throws it towards towards the end of the carriage startling all the zombies and they all rush to the opposite end of the carriage while they all get down. The last person though to get down is the homeless man who is having trouble and they are coming up to kind of like the end of the tunnel, but the homeless man falls from above, but luckily it's like still dark. So the zombies aren't really active yet, but the dad goes back to try and help him. But sadly, at that point in time, they're out of the tunnel. So the dad and the homeless man hide, uh, because like they're out of the tunnel. So they just can't make movement or sound, but they're kind of just like in the final stretch. So eventually they just make a break for it. Like three, two, one, run. So they run. The entire group is rushing. They try to close the door behind them, but there was just too little time. So the husband is like trying to hold the door shut. While the rest of the group goes to the other door at the end of the carriage and is trying to open it. Because the group in front of them has already been let, like told that they're coming. The door should be unlocked and opened. But it is completely fogged over and they cannot open the door. On the other side, we see that the maybe girlfriend, the cheerleader, is being held by the e- rich evil man?
0: No, by the conductor? person who works on the train. Not the conductor but one of the stewards
1: oh yeah one of the stewards okay so one of the stewards is holding her while the rich evil man steps on her phone so her friend can't call and as this is just going in you have on one side they're frantically trying to open the door the dad eventually like leaves that group to try and help hold the door um where the husband is trying to hold it shut and he starts bashing at the hands to try to get him to let go but they don't feel any pain so they keep trying to reach through the mother in the middle is just like or soon to be mother, pregnant lady, is just kind of standing there crying because she's like, oh fuck, I think we're all gonna die. The child starts crying because she's like, oh my God, I think I'm gonna die. The baseball player though is just like, fuck it, and starts bashing on the door that's locked and closed, like trying to bash his way through. And then simultaneously, a zombie manages to get through enough where he bites the husband's hand. At that point in time, the husband is like, oh shit. I've been bitten. I'm not gonna last too long. So he turns to the dad and pretty much is just like, hey, take care of my wife, right? You take my wife, you go, like, you, you get your, you, like, my wife and your daughter safe. Take care of her okay. And then while the guy's like, no, 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 we can make it out. He's like, the husband's like, I'm getting tired. So... The dad just says, I'm sorry, and makes a break to grab the daughter, grab the wife. The baseball player has managed to successfully smash his way through the door so that they all can flee into, like, the other, like, uh, carriage. As the husband literally holds back an entire horde of zombies.
0: Because the glass of... Both the cart in front and behind yeah. kind of almost break in tandem with each exactly, other. Exactly,
1: yeah. And so that just like completely shatters. And he's holding them back because the thing is, is that while the group has managed to break through that door and rush their way to trying to get to the carriage that's safe, they the people on the other side tried to close the door and the baseball player had to put his whole like right arm through and they're trying to force him out but luckily the dad manages to come through and together they manage to force the door open just as they finally make it just inside while the husband is finally literally overcome by the zombie horde and just pushed to the ground and they rush in but luckily they managed to close the door behind them as the group now is together and just kind of panting and like what the fuck um, also
0: uh it's important to note that the elderly lady's sister did not make it with the rest oh, of the group yeah and her sister saw that
1: Yeah, and I think it was because, I think she could have made it in time, but at this point in time, I think with all that she's seen.
0: I think she gave up and just wanted to die.
1: Yeah, I think she was like, I'm not, like, I'm so old, I'm not going to manage to run much longer. And so she makes eye contact with her sister and then just is like, just consumed by the horde. Anyway, when the door is successfully closed, the dad kind of looks at the rich evil man and just fucking punches him and, his at, and like, grabs his collar and is like, why? Why? We could have saved him. Why did you close the door? And in reaction, the rich evil man is like, he's infected! Look at in his eyes! Throw him out! And he starts incenting the rest of the group. Like, they're infected, we need to get them to leave. While the rest of the people are like, are you fucking serious? We just made it through hell. Um, at that point in time, the worker, like the train worker, steps up and is like, look, you can't stay with us. You can go to this like little in between area between carriages in front of them. And we're going to just like, close you in there. But you can't stay with us as the rest of the people in this mob, like truly adopted this mob mentality are just screaming, go. The first one to kind of just literally limp through to go to this other area is the homeless man, mostly because he's used to this. I kind of just see this like defeat in like the dad's eyes as he ushers the rest of the group like his child and the pregnant woman through to this other area. But then I gotta fucking say the mob does the stupidest shit ever because on one side of their cart slash carriage they have a massive zombie horde right and on the other are at least a couple few safe carriages right? Well they push the people they are terrified are infected into this middle room which is between them and the safe cars and then they tie it off making it impossible to open which means they are tear like tying off their only safe like exit which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard but anyway, they've completely accepted like this mob mentality and they keep talking with each other like, oh, they're going to be infected. We need to like tie them off harder. And as this is all going on, the old woman who is left, who just watched her sister be consumed by the horde and is now staring at her sister, who is now a zombie, just that is kind of just like pressed up against the glass of this door, just looks at this panicked, paranoid mob and goes, What a load of shit. (laughs) And she looks at this group of people that have just succumbed to evil. She walks over and she opens the door to like where the zombies are. And on the other side, you kind of just have the people that were kind of just ushered away. They have no idea what's going on until they start to hear screams on the other uh, side. And they just assume the door has been broken down. And the zombies have entered.
0: And also the cheerleader joined this group in the exile.
1: Yeah, because she wasn't going to let her friend be exiled. She would rather have gone with him.
0: Well, also with how she was treated, I bet if I was treated like that, like literally manhandled, I'd rather be with the people being exiled.
1: Yeah, because like her friend is like, no, you'll be safer here. And she's like, no, I'll, I'll feel safer with you, which is very legitimate. Anyway... At this point in time, the conductor tries to contact the last remaining worker and he can't because, well, there's no one, the worker has died, he assumes. And as he is continuing on, he stops the train because there's this plume of smoke that he can't see through. So he starts to gradually stop the train and finally, when he clears the smoke, there are like shipping containers and other trains that have crashed in front of him making like a like a blockade that he cannot pass through. And it's also on fire. So there's also a problem. So also at this point in time, though, is that the the last like remaining group of people that have managed to survive are kind of just deeply in shock. But the father and daughter are kind of having a heart to heart. The father promises to his kid that I'll take you to your mom No matter what. And then she asks, will you stay with me? Will you leave? Will you stay with me? And instead of answering, is like, I'm going to try and call your mom. And he tries to call his ex-wife and like the call won't get through. But he does get a call because he walks into a bathroom to try and call the mom. He does get a call from his worker, though, who is not doing so great. This worker is like kind of just had a little bit of a wreck. The dad is like, hey, do you know if Busan is safe? We're trying to make our way to Busan. Is it safe? And the guy's just like, like, I haven't been in contact. Busan has been like cut off with all contact. I don't know. This, this disease was started at biotech. Is this my fault? And the dad kind of just is like, oh fuck. And just replies, it's not your fault. And his employee just says, thank you. And then hangs up.
0: I'm assuming he committed suicide there. I'm also but assuming that. I'm not going to count him.
1: Yeah. Just
0: because, like, I need more information to know if he's alive or not.
1: Yeah. And at this point in time, the dad looks down at his hands that are literally covered in blood and washes the blood off quite literally as he's just kind of like, oh, fuck. But to be honest, like, the thing is, is that, like, his worker who was, like, you know, calling, like, oh, this is sort of a Is it, like, this my fault? Is it your fault? Like... Honestly, I don't think the dad is at fault. He was working as, like, a fund manager. He ha- he, was in a, he was a high-level accountant, pretty much, at this business. He had no idea what they were even working on. He was only aware of who was buying, who was selling, and kind of the allocation of funds.
0: I think he had some knowledge of what was going on, though, because of what was on his computer at the beginning of the movie. Well, so I, he knew that biotech was causing pollution, yeah. but I didn't, don't know if he knew it was going as far as oh, this God. event.
1: Like, again, he didn't know what chemicals were being used or what was being processed or made, but he saw the results. He looked at, like, well, that's where, like, the biotech like leak started, I assume, is where all these fish were dying. So he was like, oh, that's where our, like, main, like, processing plant is, is where that, like fish reservoir is and all the fish are dying like so we could probably like connect the dots and be like i think it is our fault as like you know the train kind of like simultaneously as like this has happened like the train encounters like you know all like the barrage of stuff in the way of their kind of like you know tracks so at this point in time the conductor announces that the train has encountered blockage and tells whoever is left alive to wait for rescue, or um, he will be attempting to board a new train that will be at the far left of this, like... Station. Thank you, station. And
0: And he says, please transfer safely. Yeah. Like, this guy... This guy is, like, very small plot points where he's at. But he's so pivotal and such, like, the unsung hero of this.
1: He's really done his absolute best to protect and help the people on the train. He has done his job. That's also when we find out that the evil rich man and the worker are still alive. They had hidden in a bathroom while the rest of the people died. Also, at this point in time, the conductor leaves the train to go to, again, as he said, the far left of the station. He encounters a few more zombies, manages to escape them, and continues on to a safe train that he manages to board, which is just the head, I guess you'd call it. And it's not even a head because some trains are like, what's meant to be is they're kind of meant to go back and forth. So you have a conducting booth at both ends of the train, one on the front, one on the back. He jumps into the a conducting part of the train, but it's the back half of the train. But it can still like it has an engine though still attached to it so he gets into that one and pretty much starts it and we click back to the dad and his small party of survivors where um, he tells them that busan is safe and that they have to leave now to be able to still enter busan so they leave and then after that we get a simultaneous sequence of events that is kind of complicated to Well, it wasn't really complicated to follow while I was watching it, but as I'm explaining it, it might get a little convoluted because this is all, like, happening simultaneously, pretty much, or within, like, seconds of each other. But anyway, the conductor, again, reaches the safe train. The evil man in the bathroom kind of, like, checks to see if the coast is clear and sees the horde of infected. When he closes the door, the worker next to him asks if it's clear, and he says, It's clear when it's really not. When the worker goes to like and like exit the bathroom, but he very cautiously like pokes his head out. The evil man literally shoves him into the infected. And makes a break for it. And then, again, simultaneously, we, uh, as, um, the evil rich man is running from the infected, we cut back to the conductor who is slowly, like, pulling his train, like, out. And he's, like, gone It started. It's now going on its tracks. And he watches as a train on fire comes hurtling towards that kind of, like, b- blockade. And then it crashes into that blockade which separates the group so the young couple get separated on one ha- half of the crash and then we kind of lose sight of the rest of the group.
0: Sokwu and Co.
1: Thank you. So the young couple make a run for it like the they manage to run they manage to get on like kind of like they, they get onto a train to open it to like Leave, but it's like locked, the door is like locked, and so they're trying to get it open. And that's when the evil man runs in and literally throws the cheerleader like into another infected. So she's bitten, the young man freaks out, the rich man breaks the glass like in the door, manages to unlock it and run while the young man holds his dying friend as she thrashes, then becomes infected and then bites him. We then cut back to the dad who is kind of awoken by his daughter crying out for him. We then see that they are kind of pinned between two collapsing trains. One which is filled with zombies which are trying to bang at the glass in the windows to get through. He manages to crawl out of like the wreckage. We then, sorry, sorry again, cut to where the conductor is kind of getting like pulling the train out of like not out of the station, but it's pulling through the station. The conductor looks out the window and sees the rich evil man running towards him who is followed by zombies the conductor gets out of the train and runs toward him to try and help him and then the evil man literally throws the conductor towards the infected killing the conductor and running towards the train himself which is again the shittiest thing to do oh my god but anyway there's like an ensuing tussle the conductor dies the evil man runs towards the train and attempts to clamber up we then again i'm so sorry cut to the dad who's again managed to successfully crawl his way out of like the wreckage and then when he turns to try and help his like family through some piece of uh the train has collapsed in front of that egg that he made and he's now trying to pull that piece of wreckage away while inside where the pregnant woman the daughter and the homeless man are still alive one of the windows has broken and zombies have started to come through. And honestly, it kind of breaks my heart. Like we've barely gotten more than like, what? Like five lines out of this homeless man, but he has tagged along like continuously. He looks at like the child and the pregnant woman. He looks at the oncoming zombies and just literally throws himself in front of them. He grabs like a metal pipe and literally holds up the metal pipe and literally uses his body as a barrier. And again, on the other side of this wreckage, the dad has managed to move that piece of metal away and is ushering his daughter through. His daughter managed to escape and the pregnant woman looks over at the homeless man and the homeless man just looks back and is like, go, leave me, hurry. And then the pregnant woman goes through. As the the trio start to run away, the entire train collapses there definitely, sadly, killing the homeless man who has just sacrificed himself, which is very sad. The horde, though, crawls over the wreckage of the trains, the trio start running, and then we have a really World War Z moment, I think, where we have where the trio now sees the single, like, carriage exiting the station, which they are frantically running for, and the dad is carrying the daughter and the pregnant lady is just behind him, and all they're staring at is this carriage While we, the viewer, are kind of like taking this paneled shot from behind them where we see this absolute monstrous just flood of infected zombies running towards them. It is honestly a terrifying, very tense moment. The daughter manages to reach her hand out, grab on, and get on. So the man grabs the handlebar and helps the pregnant lady on and then gets on himself. And that's also when these zombies manage to reach them and they start grabbing onto like the tail end of the train. And it's-
0: It's kind of like a flesh ladder.
1: It really is because more zombies start piling on more and more. And like, all I could think of in my mind is that like the dad uses the move foot stomp on like the zombies and just starts using his like foot on like the little fingers that are like, like clutching on. It does manage to work as the train like picks up speed and leaves and- Luckily, I think the weight of the zombies on like these like seven or so hands kind of just is its own downfall in how many zombies were like clutching on and the zombies break off and they peel out. And then you just have like this moment where they're like, holy fucking Christ, we managed to survive. And then the dad walks towards the front of the train where he sees someone in the seat, like the driver's seat. He opens the door and it's the rich evil man sitting in the seat but he has been clearly infected. The dad staggers back out of the door and the rich evil man though, while infected, is still kind of still in possession of his sanity because he opens the door and walks out and starts talking about how he needs to get home to his mother. He wants to go home. His mother is in Busan. They need to help him get back to his mom. He tells them the address in which his mother's located at and the dad just looks at him and goes, you're infected. And the guy goes, No, I'm not. I'm not infected. And then he just looks down on his hands. And then well, he turns into full zombie and attacks them. There is like a tussle between the dad and the zombie dad is trying not to get bit while trying to shove the man kind of back and off like the train. Eventually, the zombie gets in between him and the wife, not the wife, sorry, the daughter and the pregnant lady. And in like, panic he throws himself at the zombie and puts his hand in front of the zombie's mouth because the pregnant lady had like stood in front of his daughter to try and like shove the zombie away and like maybe in some last act like remembering like fuck I gotta protect the pregnant lady she can't die he puts his mouth or he puts his hand literally on the mouth of the zombie the zombie then obviously bites him but then he manages to kind of get the zombie and throw him off the train. And then he looks down at his hand and is just like, oh, fuck, like I'm infected. He rushes into the conductor's seat, looks at the controls like briefly, sees like the main brake switch. He ushers his daughter and the pregnant lady in, gets his daughter to sit down in the seat, gets the pregnant lady to sit down on the conductor's seat, informs the pregnant woman of the handle to brake, like when she needs to brake it. And then he looks over at his daughter and, like...
0: He says goodbye.
1: Yeah, he really... He just says goodbye. Like, the daughter is literally like, yeah, daddy, don't go. Which is really fucking sad. He tells the kid to stay with, like, the woman. Like, not to leave her side.
0: Listen to what she says. Listen to what
1: she says. Like, I love you. He is crying by this point of time. He is, like... He's... He's not full ugly crying, but, like, he is, like, crying. Both him and his daughter are crying because this is, like, the last time they'll ever see each other.
0: Honestly, I don't think that actor could ugly cry. He He's a handsome man.
1: Yeah, he's a little too pretty to ugly cry. Me, on the other hand, every time I cry, I'm ugly crying.
0: Dude, if I get one tear, I'm ugly crying. <laughs> like,
1: my face goes entirely tomato red. Like, my eyes puff out. It gets a little gross.
0: No one wants to see it. Like, giant bearded guy, cry.
1: <laughs> I just turn into, like, one of those blobfish. I just turn into a blobfish.
0: Anyways.
1: Moving on, like, he's, like, kind of trying to hold it in while he's still clearly, like, crying. He leaves, he closes the door, he walks to the end of this little, like, carriage train carriage and then that's when he really fucking starts like bawling like absolutely sobbing and in his like last moments he is remembering like the last like the first time he held his daughter like it gives a little flashback to a hospital where he got to hold his daughter for the first time and he's like still crying but at this point in time he's like smiling like thank god like at least my daughter will be safe and she will be safe and then he kind of just lets himself fall off the back of the train so, yay! Cue sad music! Uh, At this point in time, it cuts to both the child and, like, the pregnant woman, who are both just, like, blank staring into the distance. They are so both clearly, like, horribly, like, traumatized. But as they, like, continue on, the pregnant lady sees that there is, like, there's a tunnel, and in front of it is a barricade, and, like a, like, dead bodies are littered all the way through it. But she stops the train... And her and the daughter get out, but you can clearly see that like running the I don't know how fast or for how long has clearly taken its toll on this like seventh month pregnant lady because at this point in time like the adrenaline has finally like left her system and now she's kind of just like you can clearly see she has sore ankles. Every
0: step hurts.
1: Yeah, every step hurts. I'm sure her back hurts. Like I think at one point in time you see her putting her hand on her lower back and is sticking her belly out and is like waddling forward. Like she's. like every step clearly hurts at this point in time. They are walking towards the tunnel, they enter the tunnel, and then we cut to the other side of the tunnel where we have soldiers with sniper rifles. One is clearly like pointed into the tunnel, there's someone else beside him on a walkie talkie and I think I see a few more like behind them walking around. And we just see one of the soldiers like who has a walkie talkie click in and is like, "Hey." I see, like, incoming bogeys. I don't think they call them bogeys, but- They
0: did- that's what the, uh, subtitle said.
1: Oh, translated to, but they're like, yeah, I see two incoming bogeys. Over, like, the walkie-talkie, we hear, are they clearly infected? And the other guy is like, no confirmation. And the other guy on, the, like, the other line is like, oh, kill them. And you see, like, the sniper rifle, like, line up his, like, sniper. And then all of a sudden, you hear a small child singing. And it's the daughter, and she's singing, like, the song that she wanted to sing to her dad. Because earlier on, when they were having, like, that heart-to-heart in the train, she was telling him about...
0: I practiced that song for you.
1: Yeah, I practiced that song for you. The reason why I couldn't finish it is because you weren't there to hear it. And, and now she is singing that song, and it literally saves her life because the soldiers are like, oh, infected, like... They don't sing. sing. They don't sing. They don't talk. They're, like, animals, right? So they're like, oh, survivors incoming. And then you see, like, I think someone walked by with a, like, a red cross, I think, like, attached to his sleeve.
0: Most likely. some medics.
1: Yeah, like, some medics, other soldiers are rushing towards the tunnel. And then we see them, like, walk out into the light. And as, like, the military rushes in to, like... Greet them. Greet them. Like, give them fluids Maybe a snack bar. Make
0: sure there's no bites. Yeah, make
1: sure there's no bites. Probably
0: some horrible de-infection stuff coming uh, yeah. up for both Sung Kyung and Sue Ann who survived Train to Busan. <sighs> so, um, this film had a lot of deaths. and A lot of deaths. I had to generalize things. Just like in Carrie, I checked out Dead Meats video to get some numbers on it. However, I think his math was off in this episode because his math didn't math. So, for this episode, we have 85 bodies that were off screen and unknown through the barricade. And when we got wider shot, we saw bodies littering the river as well. Oh, yeah. So, 85 dead bodies were counted by... The people at Dead Meat. Yeah. As well as they went into way more detail about how each person was turned into a zombie. However, I'm not looking for the nitty gritty reasons.
1: The specifics.
0: I'm looking for if they were infected into a zombie or not. And with on-screen confirmations, we have 81 zombies. And with off-screen confirmations through the mother we have one zombie confirmation now train to busan mixes the romero horror movie which is a much more political and social commentary zombie movie so yes there's zombies but it's more about the world they're living in and the zombies are backdrop we got a combination of the 28 days later type of zombie which was the first on-film sprinting zombie like that. Yeah. And you called out the third type of zombie, the World War Z Brad Pitt type, because at some points through the movie, the zombie hordes do turn into, like, almost like water with how they pile up on each other, rise and collapse in this kind of CGI mess but it really works for this movie, and I know there's a lot of practical in it as well.
1: Oh, sorry, I'm just drawing a sad frog. <laughs> sorry. Did
0: like, you listen to a word I Yes, said
1: I did say you were mentioning World War Z, like, liquid effects to, like, the zombies as it kind of just became, like, a CGI mess. And I am processing my sad feelings by drawing a crying frog. All right? That's we fair, all grieve fair. in different ways. All right?
0: Also, like, one thing I'd like to say is Shaun of the Dead is another thing I think of when I watch this, mm-hmm. even though that's very much a comedy horror movie. Yeah. Because... I think a lot of the eastern continents and western, like, on the other uh, big continental plate area, you know, from Europe to Asia. Yeah. They have it very interesting because not a lot of those places are like America where the people can have guns in the oh, houses. Oh, yeah. Like, so two houses
1: down. I'm Like, I know the people, like, right below me, like, my neighbors, like, like, at the bottom of the hill, they have guns and they fire them off regularly especially around holidays this like last christmas like on christmas eve i could hear them firing off guns and fireworks and so, fireworks
0: why I was gonna go with that is in america We're, like in Night of the Living Dead, we were able to contain our zombie outbreak because of the human militia that is our people. However, in places (laughs) where guns aren't as accessible like we have in America, like Europe, North or South Korea from what this movie was showing us. So it's like zombie outbreaks are much different in these settings where the common person does not have guns easily available.
1: Yeah, because I know it. I know in the UK, common police officers don't carry guns, and guns are illegal to have as a citizen. I kind of wish it was that way in the US, but it's not if I wanted to. I have never handled a gun before, but I know I could just drive to a certain state. I could just buy a gun, no permit. Because why not? Just go pew. pew.
0: <laughs>
1: anyway. Grace,
0: you would collapse if you shot a bullet.
1: I would like I think the recoil would break my wrists. If I'm being honest. Like I'd like a t- like a little handgun and I'd shoot it, and the like blowback would just shatter every bone in my wrist.
0: Oh, knowing you, you'd be like all the dumber and buy a shotgun.
1: Oh god, that would and you'd me. just yeet. <laughs> just yeet.
0: You hear bang and then boom Where'd Grace go? <laughs> I'm it's a jetpack. <laughs> <really like> it. <laughs> but no, uh. so I always like films that aren't based in America when it comes to zombie yeah. style stuff, because then you get stuff like this where it's like quickly you realize like, oh, not a single character pulled out a gun yeah. for a power play or for any of that shit no one could easily get rid of these zombies like i don't think other than the train collapsing on some zombies i don't think any zombies actually fucking really died i don't
1: think they actually
0: sang i believe his name is the husband, snapped a few zombie necks, actually.
1: Yeah, I think they were still moving, though, afterwards.
0: This movie is very fun. It's different than the average zombie movie.
1: Oh, I will say, though, I think, actually, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure in, I think it's South Korea. It might be another Asian country, but I believe in South Korea if you are presenting male and you reach, like, after high school age, I think there's a mandated two years you have to serve in the military. I...
0: I'd believe that.
1: Yeah, you spend, like, a couple of years, like, in their military. So, honestly, like, Well, I mean, as they get older, they probably forget all the knowledge. But, like, they'd probably be at least, like, know how to fire a gun. But there's just, besides stealing it off a dead body of one of the military or being given one by the military, yeah, there's not really easy access to the weapons.
0: So the soundtrack and sound design of this movie, the zombies were very, uh, your classic like hiss, snarl, and clackers. Yeah, I there think- There were a few funny noises they made. I think
1: one we said like, oh yeah, like you're trying to eat like boiling hot like pizza or pasta and you're just going like-
0: The Hafa shah shasha noise. Exactly. And the soundtrack like blended in really well with the music or movie, even giving us some orchestral moments yeah. oh like, definitely
1: definitely at the end there when i got like again the cue sad music was very literal we like the violin started playing like ah here's when you cry you little pathetic fuckers.
0: normally violins don't get to me when it comes to crying it's like this certain like piano oh, combination yeah. where i'm like oh my god it's beautiful it is a zen. but you know It didn't detract from the movie. No, it
1: didn't detract from the movie.
0: And the gore and implied gore, as always in a zombie movie, you're going to get plenty of gore. Yeah. And it was a good mixture of practical and CGI to Mm -hmm. where you can very easily forgive the CGI for those moments of practical that are almost focused upon.
1: Exactly. And well I do give, I guess, I give more leeway to a foreign studio because Hollywood is fucking huge. It is massive and they have the budget to spend billions and billions of dollars. I'm pretty sure this is made in a foreign studio in a foreign like film with a foreign film crew and setup. So I'm not expecting the uh,
0: the ch- American standard.
1: Yeah, the chunk of budget that can just be, like, you know, given to these types of films.
0: Well, also what I'll give Train to Busan is, I think it did the fluid zombie horde better than World War Z did. Credit to them. In World War Z, it looked more like ants, were like yeah. this... You could see the bodies like quickly be- being dissolved by other bodies.
1: Yeah, a little distressing. I'm not gonna lie, not not the most fun times.
0: This was trained to Busan. Yeah. Our next episode will be Scream Four. Woo woo! We do. are going to complete the original ending to Wes Craven's Scream.
1: Oh, there's a different ending.
0: Well, Scream Five and Scream 6 are a different crew altogether. Okay. Scream 4 was Wes Craven's final Scream movie.
1: I'm looking forward to it. I do love the Scream franchise.
0: And we're going to see some awesome faces that Me. you now will recognize one of the actresses in that aside from the core 3. All okay. right. From Scream Queens, <gasps> Chanel.
1: Ah! Sorry.
0: Uh, we love scream queens in this house it's It's, so good it's so problematic but so fun oh
1: god it has so many issues but it's funny it's funny
0: now listeners it's happened and it's not even in the second place the current most common way to die is once again the off-screen unknown death Our least favorite death to return. We haven't been here since the fucking Blair Witch Project. Uh, And that is at 96 bodies. That beats burning alive by 20 whole bodies. But
1: not too bad from uh, the honorable second mention, which is...
0: Infected into zombies at 82.
1: So we just need to watch another zombie film.
0: And like I was saying earlier... Cooties! I'm going to count those kids as zombies.
1: Oh, I, I'm so sorry. All I can think of is like Anakin Skywalker entering entering into elementary school.
0: Elijah Wood literally has the line, "Hey, look, kids, drugs." <laughs> And throws drugs at the kid zombies, and they go for it.
1: God, you know what two actors I just fucking love? I think it's Elijah Wood and I think Daniel Radcliffe. Because Elijah Wood played um...
0: Frodo. Yeah, Baggins. he plays
1: Frodo. So I feel like, uh, like you know, Frodo Baggins and like Harry, like from Harry Potter, they're just such like good aligned like characters, you know, like moral upstanding citizens. And then behind that facade is the actor that is. A little bit insane. Oh, I just love that.
0: Like, my favorite role from Elijah Wood is Ryan and Wilfred.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: Daniel Radcliffe, I forget what character he plays, but he plays the younger version of a doctor in a TV adaptation of a young doctor's notebook. Yeah. He plays the other half of John Hamm's character. And Daniel Radcliffe has to actively be a morphine addict. Oh, no! And, like, he, it's, like, morbid humor. Like, at one point, he accidentally kills a patient when he takes out one of their teeth and takes their jaw with it.
1: Fuck. I also... I think it's Daniel Radcliffe was who was in a movie where he had... where he woke up with guns screwed into his hands. And then I think... It, I can't remember if it was, like, Elijah Wood or Daniel Radcliffe was in a movie where, like, someone gets, like, stranded on an island and he finds a dead body. But the dead body comes to like it doesn't come to life but it starts talking to the last survivor and the last survivor swiss, swiss army man that's
0: daniel radcliffe uh, and he plays a farting corpse
1: yeah it's fantastic so proud of daniel radcliffe he's come so far
0: so both of these actors have embraced their weird uh, and so
1: has um oh my god the twilight man
0: robert pattinson yeah honestly i think he's gone more to like a tier acting yeah. recently Anyways, uh, my favorite singular kill Mm -hmm. is the toilet lid from Saw. Mm -hmm. And you're still the corkscrew? Corkscrew. I don't think we could even pick anything from this film. Uh, You know, habits are habits and we like to keep them. So yeah, join us again for Scream 4 when we get back to it. And uh, do you have any closing remarks for Train to Busan?
1: That's a good movie. You should watch it. It's very sad, though. So, like, I don't know. Make sure your, like, pet is next to you afterwards so you can pet him.
0: If you're more of a big horror person, it might not be as sad as Grace is selling it. But a family is completely ripped apart. So, until next time, this is Bodies by the Numbers, a horror podcast. Bye Bye. Thank you for listening to Bodies by the Numbers, a horror podcast. Our art is done by Emmy Art on Instagram, and our music is done by Disposable on SoundCloud. Links to our socials below, and we hope to see you next time.